is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, July 3rd, 2016. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. The message is by Father Ed Steele. For the 4th of July. Or maybe we could call it Independence Eve. How's that? Can you imagine what the guys who wrote the Declaration of Independence were thinking on this day? What if they don't like it? After all that work. Today what I want to talk about, though, is it kind of goes along with uh, Fourth of July, at least the beginning of uh, what I'm going to be talking about. How many of you like to watch fireworks? How many of you like to shoot off fireworks? <laughs> A couple of the guys in the back going, yeah. yeah. Well, Mary and I had the joy of living in New Orleans during the New Orleans World's Fair. Right across the river. From the opening to the World's Fair. So, fireworks are not that big of a thing in our house because for six months... We got them every night at 10 o'clock for half an hour with music that you could hear for miles and miles and miles away. And we were only like about four blocks from the river, which meant the barge was like, you know, only about six blocks from our front door. So every night, for a half hour, we would have a fireworks display pretty much right above our house, except for one night. That was the night the Chinese pavilion did theirs, and it was an hour and a half. <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. So the problem is, when I watch fireworks now, it's kind of like, okay, it better be bigger, it better be louder, it better outdo everything I had to watch for six months every night, okay? And it never quite matches that. We never quite see, I mean, no, no offense to every city that does fireworks, but you know, it's kind of hard to, to go up against the Chinese who invented the things, you know? And that kind of brings us to our Old Testament reading. Now you're probably sitting there going, what does fireworks have to do with our Old Testament reading? Well, you know, Naaman, who is the commander of the army of Syria, was a great warrior. He was the pride of his king. He was the hero of his country. And he was a leper. The man had leprosy. Now today we know that leprosy is a disease that can be cured. We know it's a disease that's caused by bacteria. It's not as devastating as it was in the ancient world, but back then, if a person had leprosy, they were pretty much guaranteed to die. And it was very, considered very contagious, so they were usually put outside the city. They were probably ostracized, they were mocked, they were pointed at, they were feared. Unless, of course, you were the commander of the army of Syria. He probably got by with a few things. But he was still a leper. 
And so he still had to live with this devastating disease that, that would ruin his flesh and eventually destroy his nervous system. And then a girl. And there's always a girl, right? In every story, there's always a girl. But in this case, it was a girl who was captured from Israel on one of the many raids that Syria had made. And they brought her back and she became the servant to Naaman's wife. And she said, well, you know, the master could be healed if he just knew the prophet in Samaria. And so he goes, hmm, maybe I ought to think about this. So he told the king. And the king said, well, if that's all it takes for you to be cured, then certainly you've got to go to Israel. You've got to get this taken care of. In fact, I'll even send a letter with you to the king of Israel telling him what's, why you're there. Now, you have to understand that in these days, Syria was the power of the region. Israel was kind of submissive to, to Syria at this time. So you can imagine what the poor king of Israel saw when he saw this letter and he opens it up and he goes, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not God. I can't heal people. The king of Syria is going to have my head if I don't cure his commander. You know, it just says he probably wants, you know, I, I like the way the Bible says it, it says, He's trying to start a quarrel with me. No, he probably went, oh my goodness gracious, I'm going to die. Until Elisha comes by and he goes, uh, King, I think that letter's for me. Don't worry about it, I'll take care of it. Now you have to understand, when Naaman went to Israel, it says he took his servants, and he took all these shekels of gold, and all these pieces of silver, and all these fine clothes. And he was going to use them as payment. Now in today's currency, that would be about $80,000 in gold and silver along with those pieces of clothing. So Naaman was going expecting a big thing. Naaman was willing to pay $80,000 to get that leprosy cured. And when he gets there... Elisha doesn't even meet him. In fact, Elisha sends a messenger and says, oh, just go uh, wade out in the River Jordan about seven times, you'll be fine. Now, can you imagine, here's this commander of the army who's got this celebrity status, who is used to having people probably bow before him, and when he gets to Israel, he gets a messenger that just says, yeah, go swimming in our river, you'll be fine. Naaman was not impressed. He was insulted. And not only that, he was angry because he brought all this money. He had all these expectations. And yet all he had to do was go wash in the river Jordan. And again, the way the Bible puts it, I, I like this. If you, if, you, if you look back at that, obviously... The Syrians didn't like it. He says, well, aren't, are not Abna and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? You mean I even have to go in their river to do this? I could have done this back home and been done with it. 